This is the World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. Russia launched a rare daytime attack on Ukraine's capital following two nights of heavy drone strikes. Ukraine reported destroying all the missiles. Russia said it hit its targets. There were no reported casualties, despite the attack being directed at the city centre. All 16 attacks on Kyiv this month took place at night and mainly targeted infrastructure and air defences on the outskirts of the capital. Uganda's president enacted one of the world's harshest anti-gay laws. Anyone found to have had gay sex, which was already illegal, will face life imprisonment. Those who have gay sex with under-18s or HIV-positive people could get the death penalty. Human rights groups said that the law would hinder HIV treatment. President Joe Biden threatened sanctions if it is not repealed. The Biden administration and Republican leaders in America's House corralled lawmakers in an effort to pass their debt ceiling deal this week and avert a sovereign default. Up to 60 Republicans in the lower chamber may vote against it, though most of the 213 Democrats in the 435-person House are expected to back it. The Senate must also give its assent. Poland's president, Andrzej Duda, approved a law creating a commission to investigate Russia's influence on Polish politicians between 2007 and 2022, which could bar them from office for a decade. It has caused an uproar. The opposition denounced the panel as a tool to harass rivals, especially Donald Tusk, a former prime minister and the government's chief opponent, ahead of the tough election this year. Pedro Sanchez, Spain's prime minister since 2018, called a general election on July the 23rd. The vote was originally scheduled for the end of the year, but the socialist leader said that the results of local elections on Sunday, in which the Spanish Socialist Workers' Party and Podemos, its junior ally, suffered defeat to conservative rivals, prompted him to hasten the electoral schedule. Japan put its ballistic missile defence system on alert after North Korea said it plans to launch a satellite within the next fortnight. The Japanese government warned that it would take destructive measures against projectiles threatening its territory. Last month, Kim Jong-un, North Korea's dictator, said his country had built its first spy satellite. China will send its first civilian astronaut to space on Tuesday according to officials. So far, all Chinese astronauts have been members of the People's Liberation Army. Tuesday's mission to the Tiangong space station is part of China's growing attempts to catch up with America's space capabilities. It is aiming to land astronauts on the moon by 2030 and establish a lunar base. And figure of the day, 1.4 million. The expected net migration to America this year one-third more than before the pandemic. And now, here's a deeper look at the day ahead. How to regulate AI Officials from the G7 will meet on Tuesday to discuss for the first time how generative artificial intelligence, AI tools such as ChatGPT, should be regulated. 
The meeting is another sign that both governments and big tech companies agree that something needs to be done, lest the technology advance so quickly that it cannot be safely controlled. On May 22nd, OpenAI, the startup behind ChatGPT, for instance, called for an international regulatory body like the International Atomic Energy Agency. Agreeing on concrete steps will be hard, though. There is not even a consensus on how to define AI. And interests differ widely. OpenAI, a self-declared nonprofit which is increasingly profit-seeking, wants regulations to be light-touch, whereas the European Union is pushing for much stricter control. Given that the EU already has an AI Act in the works, it may again set the rules for most of the world, much as it did in privacy with its general data protection regulation. America's Defiant House Price Rally Interest rates may have further to rise in America, yet house prices are picking up again. In February, they increased by almost 0.2%, ending a seven-month streak of declines. Tuesday sees the release of the S&P CoreLogic Case-Shiller Index, a measure of American house prices. Analysts will look closely for signs that the upward trend is continuing. Two factors could sustain a house price recovery even if mortgage rates continue to rise. The first is supply. After more than a decade of underbuilding, America is suffering a historic shortage of homes. That will fuel bidding wars. Adding to the crunch is the prevalence of golden handcuffs, low fixed-rate mortgages that keep millions of homeowners bound to homes they might otherwise wish to leave. The second factor is America's tight labor market. Low unemployment coupled with excess pandemic savings means demand for new homes remains strong. And with plenty of potential buyers waiting on the sidelines, prices may not yet have hit a ceiling. Lula hosts South America's presidents. On Tuesday, Brazil's president, Luiz Ignacio Lula da Silva, hosts 10 of his South American counterparts for the first top-level regional meeting in almost a decade. He will be hoping that the less formal retreat format, as well as the lavish setting of the Itamarachi Palace in Brasilia, the capital, may help bridge some of the ideological rifts between the region's leaders. In his previous stint as president from 2003 to 2010, Lula, as he is known, expanded Brazil's global influence by speaking for Latin America's discordant countries. Having retaken office in January, he wants to repeat the feat. But his designated mechanism for cooperation, the South American Union, UNICER, initiated by Venezuela in 2004, has faced ebbs in membership. And most regional presidents are busy with problems back home. Peru, for instance, will send its prime minister after Pedro Castillo was ousted as president in December. As he catches up with colleagues, Lula may find just how much has changed in 10 years. Britain's Political Omnishambles On Tuesday, the government faces a deadline to hand over a vast array of sensitive documents to the official inquiry into the pandemic. For those wishing to understand what went wrong or right during the British government's response to the COVID pandemic, they will be a goldmine. The requested papers include unredacted diaries from the start of 2020 to early 2022 written by Boris Johnson, who was then the Prime Minister, as well as 24 of his notebooks from the time. The inquiry also wants WhatsApp messages sent between Mr. Johnson and at least 40 of his most senior officials. Conservative ministers say disclosure would set a harmful precedent. A legal battle could ensue.
The inquiry will painstakingly assess new allegations that Mr. Johnson breached his own strict COVID rules. He has already been fined for attending a party in Downing Street during lockdown. The oral hearings, which begin this summer, risk becoming another circus. A Fractious World Health Assembly On Tuesday, the 76th World Health Assembly wraps up. For over a week, health ministers, doctors, and campaigners have been sequestered in Geneva to chart medical priorities for the World Health Organization, a UN-backed body that just turned 75. These include resolutions to fortify more stable foods, such as rice, with vitamins and minerals, to boost global access to rehabilitation services, such as physical therapy, and to reduce the number of deaths from drowning. But politics, both international and internal, have overshadowed much of the conference. Taiwan was barred from taking part. It accused the WHO of deference to China. Russia tried and failed to derail Ukraine's election to the WHO's executive board. And Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus, the WHO's director general, acknowledged that the organization has done too little to grapple with years of reported sexual abuse and harassment by its staff. An investigation will be concluded within 200 days. Before it helps the world, the WHO still needs some healing itself. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 hours GMT on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown three winners on Saturday. Monday. What alternative name is often used for the chess piece known as a rook? Tuesday. Which acronym is used for the military headquarters of the NATO alliance? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Winona Judd, who was born on this day in 1964. There's just no stopping those girls with guitars. That's the World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.